This afternoon, whoa, I've got a voice. I want you to, uh, to take you from one position to another position. Uh, it's like a, a shift in the spiritual atmosphere within the room. But if you can see what I'm about to do, I'm about to stand on the Word of God, not kick it. And I'll stand on the Word of God because I want us to catch truth this afternoon of what the Word of God says to us. And if you stand on the Word, then that means you're in agreement with it. Number two, it takes you to a higher level where I can see more clearly because it elevates me because of what I'm on. So God's truth is something that brings revelation, it changes your perception, and it breaks mindsets that you've grown up with that are not biblically founded. So this afternoon, we're going to go through process, look at some things, and by the time we finish this afternoon, your concepts, God willing, will have been changed to a higher level and a higher plane based upon standing on Scripture and what it says. Amen? Wayne and Rachel, would you just stand up? <laughs> Everybody look at them now. This is Wayne and Rachel. I made them stand up so you could see who they are. Because they're people that like to hide away and be in the back. But God says, uh-uh, no more, Wayne, no more, Rachel. No, God's coming, and it's like, it's like me walking towards you right now. Father's coming towards you to actually put his hand upon your lives, and that you two are just going to get blessed, rocked, and just enter into a new era of life. And it's like, Wayne, I seen you earlier. It was like you were on a, a cycling uh, roller uh, system. You're, you're static, but you're pedaling, and you're on rollers. And it's like you're training, and he's been training and equipping you uh, for something bigger. But now he says, now it's time. You've, you've proved that you can do the endurance for the hours on the treadmill, just pedaling, 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 and not getting anywhere, but you're doing it to build up your stamina. The Lord says, now he wants to take you off that and that you're free now to go because he wants to come with his hand upon your life. And he wants, he's, he's got this big smile. And he said to me earlier, how, how do I introduce myself to people? I said, yep. Get a free hugs and go up and just hug them and, and just say, hey. Because uh, he says some people are intimidated by my size. The Lord says, you're not to be worried about your size. You're a giant in the kingdom. And he stamps you today with a warrior heart. He calls out the goodness and the favor of his loving kindness and his mercy upon you. Because your eyes will connect with others and you will set them free because of who you carry inside your wing. And Rachel, you are strong and mighty pulling down strongholds with this man. So I bless you both in the name of Jesus. Amen. You, I've seen you earlier. I take it you're married. No? <laughs> you talking about it? Thinking about it? <laughs> wow. How do you put them on the spot? <laughs> now, I just seen earlier, you walked past me, uh, and I just seen that God's hand was upon you guys, and just I just seen the Lord's just like, he was smiling upon you, especially you. He was just saying, yeah, well done, daughter. I just love how you make, my, you make me smile, and you, just, you make his heart glad. And he just says, keep doing what you're both doing, and just go after him with, with 100% abandonment, and just watch what God does around your lives. Yeah. Amen. Cool. I'm Andy. I am a servant of the Most High God. 
And if that's all you know me as, that's all I care about. Uh, I don't look for a title or anything, although I'm great, I'm amazing, and I am a son of the King, but yet I am just a servant of the Most High God. And uh, the Lord was showing me last night, uh, whilst here, uh, this is for the body here. Uh, but basically, who came to the Lord with, with dirty rags and, and an unclean heart? Yeah, I think we all did, didn't we? You know, what we'd done in the past wasn't, wasn't of value, uh, but we had shame, we had guilt. And the Lord took us and he placed us in this washing machine. And the washing machine, I heard him say, how many of you remember the old uh, uh, adverts on TV of Ariston? And on and on and on. And I felt the Lord was, was just wanting to address some issues in your hearts tonight or this afternoon. Because basically in a washing machine, you're getting spun around. You've got water saturating. You've got soap. You've bubbles. You're getting spun out. Uh, it's like the potter's wheel in many ways. And God's using that in a process of taking you from A to B. So your uncleanness is getting washed away. And salvation makes you clean. Then he gets you and he brings you out of the washing machine. And you're, you're dripping wet, and it's like you've got the anointing on. You remember that buzz when you first get saved? Like You were so on fire, you wanted to grab the next person. Hey, you need Jesus too, because look what he's done for me. I'm drip. <laughs> and you wanted to drip over everybody. And then Christina's going to help me with this next part, because it's a visualization thing as well. So Christina is a, a washing line. And then the Father brings you out and you're all sloppy wet and your heart is, I want to go do some stuff because I feel the presence of God dripping on me. And then the Father says, uh-uh, no. He's going to pin you up and peg you onto this line and you're there and you're thinking, come on, God, I thought I was going to get doing some stuff. And then he says, no, not yet. Not yet. There's a season coming and you're in preparation. You're in process. And you're kicking with it and you're struggling with it, but yet you've got to understand that God knows best. Even down to the point where sometimes you're on the washing line and you're thinking, well, this is pretty good, I'm getting aired. And then this happens and, and the wind blows and, and you get covered up and you can't even see what's going on around you. And then it starts to actually wrap even more around you and you think, oh my goodness, I must look an absolute mess. And the Father's saying, yeah, that may be the case. But at some point, in the midst of sometimes feeling frustration and the things not happening around you, the Father also comes in and He brings back and He takes off and, and He takes to your, your garment. Would you be able to fold that for me? Do you know how to fold? <laughs> so you get folded up and you think, okay, I'm in a process, I'm moving. I'm off the line. Finally, I'm off the line. And then I'm in this process where uh, I'm getting folded neatly. And then what does he do? Thank you, Christina. I'll give it back in a minute. He takes you across to an ironing board and this hot thing comes on you and he begins to press you and iron you. And it's like the fire of God begins to have that experience upon your life. And you think, yes. Yes, I've got the fire. I'm about to move. I'm in this, this process is over, and I'm about to be thrust into what God has ordained and planned, the purposes of Him for my life. No, He then takes you, after you've nicely ironed and pressed, 
and he takes you across into another room and he either hangs you up or he puts you in a drawer. Thank you, Christina. And again, that frustration comes on you and you think, my God, are you messing with me? You said that things, greater things I would do. And I want to do the greater things. I thought it would happen when I was dripping wet. And the father says, no, no, your process hasn't ended yet. And so you're, here you are, you're, you're hanging on a, a coat hanger in the cupboard, or you're in the drawer, you're, you're neat, you're tidy, and you're thinking, come on, surely there has to be something changed here. And the Father's word for the church right now is, get ready. He has prepared you. He has made you who you are. He has walked you through some difficult and trying seasons. And your heart has been tested as to how you've reacted to God. And he has watched and he has weighed you. And now he says, I am coming. And I will put you on like a glove. I will take you off the shelf. I will take you off the hanger. And I will place you upon me. And you will go. And because of who you are in me, you will touch lives. And you will get to minister to people around you. Why? Because you've stayed the course and you've kept your heart pliable before him. And you've, no matter how it's been, you've said yes. And he has heard the yes in your heart. And now in this next season, the Father's coming to actually take you on a journey that your wildest dreams never thought was possible. This is the season of the greater things. This is the season of salvation coming to the church, coming to those who live next door to you, coming to those who you sit beside in a coffee shop. We have experienced it over this past few weeks that when you encounter someone and you get into a conversation with them, and if you actually get to the point and say, Do you know Jesus? No. And one person we were talking to the other week, and God just gave a prophetic word for him, a spiritual reading. Uh, we'll call it that because a lot of people in the world don't have a clue what a prophetic word is. They probably hear you wrong and think you said pathetic word. So you've upset them to start with. But when you give them a prophetic word or a spiritual reading, because you are a spiritual person and you carry the spirit of the living God inside of you. So you have got rights, a God-ordained right to speak into their life. And we spoke into this person's life and, and just told them things which Papa was seeing about and we wanted them to know that day. And then we said, do you know this Jesus? And he says, no. I said, would you like to know them? Yes. It's no, well, I don't know. I go to church. You remember the things we used to, people would throw up to you, all the things about reasons why. You know, I'm not seeing that right now. I'm seeing a, yes, I want this Jesus. So I'm encouraging you this morning to, to watch for it, look for it, and go after it, because it's there. This is a season of salvation. God is in the church for His purposes. He's coming back for a pure and spotless bride. We're the bride. You don't mess with another man's woman and get away with it for long. Jesus is on the move, and He is coming to radically invade His children, because He wants us to be the ones operating and seeing the greater things. Amen? Cool. Right. That's, that's out of the way.
Who here this, this afternoon doesn't know Jesus Christ? If that's you, get up out of your seat right now and, and say, yes, I want Jesus. Because he is here to call you into a relationship, the best relationship that you ever could desire. And he wants you to become reunited and be his daughter or his son. So if that's you today and your heart's pounding inside you, then uh, you get up out of your seat now, come forward or, or just raise your hand and uh, we'd love to pray for you because this is a season of salvation. Amen? Can I hear a hallelujah? Good man! We can, we can preach the word today because the fire of God's in the building. Hallelujah! No, I don't speak like that all the time, but... Sometimes I get carried and when I feel good, do, 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 the way that I should now. Yeah, because we're called to feel good. We're called to be the children of God that cause a stir in a building, cause an atmosphere to shift. And it's who you are. It's who you were designed to be. Sometimes you just got to be wild and do something completely different just to break the sluggishness and get out of the apathy. Why don't you stand up now, turn to the person next to you and do this. Come on, on your feet. <laughs> Say to them, God created you, but I never knew that you looked like that. <laughs> God created every single one of us. And you know what? He didn't make any mistakes. You are who you are, and you are here right now in this room because God designed it. God knew you would be here today even before you were born. That's how good, that's how knowledgeable He is. That's how much He knows about you and who you are and why you're here today. God's got change for you today, and the process of change is amazing. Paul not here? No? Is he close at hand? No? All right. Maybe later then. <laughs> so, can I, if I just click, will the first one come up? Oh, it's up. <laughs> Sorry, my prophetic's not working that well at the minute. But I'm working on it and it is getting better. <laughs> God is good. And God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. So this is what, I want to go through some of, just, this is 101 basic Bible teaching. But it's, it's what you begin with, and it's what you stand on the Word with, and it's a principle that you adopt right at the very start, or that you return to and refresh every now and again. So God is good all the time. Yes? He is a good father. He's a good creator. Stick with me, Micah, you'll get this. <laughs> so our father is a good, good father. There is no question about that. How can we say that someone who created the universe flung stars that we look at at night is not a good designer? And does the designer make something that's flawed? Not God. 
God was and is and will always be God. He creates good things because it comes out of who He is and He is good all of the time. But unfortunately, and in Him there is no darkness at all, means that there's an inference there that as He is light, there also must be darkness. Am I pointing the right time? No. Ah, right. I was going the wrong way. And then I got saved. I turned around and I'm going the right way. Praise Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. So here we've got light. We've got Luke Skywalker. Everybody knows Star Wars and the new one that's coming out later this year to actually bring them all together. And then you've got Darth Vader, the dark side. And you've got this constant battle that goes on between good and evil, darkness and light. And yet, God created Satan. Now, let's get a principle right here. Because there's been a a shadow over the church for too long, and almost that we've been hindered because we've, we've been coerced into believing that if I step out for God and say I go and speak to a spiritualist or a tarot card reader or someone that's into witchcraft and they find out that I'm a believer, well then they could come after me. They could get other people and they could do stuff, hex me and, and I get wiped out. Lies. That's not in the Bible. In fact, the opposite is in the Bible. God is God. He's like the top of the pecking order. Satan was nothing more than an angel that has fallen. So how can he be bigger than God? That's a really good place to say amen or hallelujah. So we just want to set that precedent right at the very outset that God is good, devil is bad. God is big, devil is just an angel. In fact, the Bible refers to him as Beelzebub, which means in translation is Lord of the Flies. What do you do with a fly when it's in your house? You swat it. So get ready to swat some flies around you and, and do some damage into the kingdom of darkness. That's how easy it is. Because all authority has been given to you. The same authority that rose Christ Jesus from the dead is in you. Amen? Wrong mindsets can be, God has a mean streak. He's this great big awesome character way out in the stars and just beyond the galaxies and he watches down, but he's got this mean streak in him that, that if you step out of line, he's going to come along. Hey, have some of that, Moosh. You're, you're wrong, and I'm going to stamp on you. And we've got this idea, some of us, that we've been brought up with, that God's got this big stick, and he just wants to whack us when we don't do right, and we don't do the things that he wants us to do. How many of you have had that thought in your head? I have when I was younger. By the way, Peter, I get saved when I was nine, so I'm coming hard on your tail. 
a hidden bad side. It's like God's got this side of where he says, I'm God, I am love, but, but really, come on. He's got this side around you where if you step out of line, he's going to nail you. He's going to come down hard on you. He's got character flaws. He's got to. He can't be perfect. Well, actually, in fact, that's a lie because God is perfection. God is love. He is everything and much, much more than what we really understand. So he's a good God. God is good. He is in a good mood. When you look at Scripture and you look through, even when God shows wrath, it is always done for the good. He doesn't operate out of anger or malice and do it with a a judgment aspect. It is judgment to a certain extent, but it's done out of his heart, which is for the greater good. He's always a good God. He cannot change. The Bible says he's the same today as he was yesterday, and he will be the same tomorrow. There is no change in him. If he changed, then he wouldn't be God. And he would have lied. But my God and your God does not lie. So therefore, he is truth from 100% all the way through. He only makes good things. We said that already. He never makes a mistake. The mistake is that some of us have not found Jesus Christ as our Savior until later in life. And we've, we've done some stupid things which we've had to come back and recorrect when we've, when we've said yes to him. But he washes that away. And he puts it behind him. As far as the east is from the west, it's gone. The only person that remembers it and drags it up is you. You give it authority back in your life again by talking about it and actually thinking about it uh, when in actual fact the Bible says that the blood of Jesus Christ shed for us on, on Calvary washed us clean. It says, it shall make you white as snow. That's why you felt so elated when you said yes to Jesus and the shame and that burden you've been carried got taken off you and you had this lightness back in your spirit because that reconnection with the loving God was remade again. And you entered into a new season of your life. Covenant. And a great covenant it is. He holds the whole world in his hand. So how can he not hold little old me? Well, little big me. He's got all he needs to guide me, lead me, as long as my heart is open to what is best for me. And as the designer, the designer knows more than anybody else how I should tick and how I should operate. So it's a lot easier if you go his way than kick against it. Yeah? How many have kicked against it? few honest people in the room. <laughs> so he holds us in his hands. He's a great God. Nope. He made you. You were perfect when you were born. He made you. He designed you. He said he knew you whilst you were still in your mother's womb. What an awesome God. Then, getting a little bit back onto this light, dark. John 10.10 then says that 
The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. Who is the thief? Satan, Beelzebub. He is the thief that the Bible talks about. And his sole purpose is to sidetrack, stop what God is doing, and to come against God and come against his people. And he, he does that by stealing, and he comes to destroy, and he wants to wipe out. He would rather that everybody that doesn't know Jesus Christ today went to hell. He's got no plan for them to ever turn their life and correct what has happened and come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's abhorrent to him. But not to God, who has a greater plan. Because God is good, and He is in a good mood. And He is after His, what He created. His heart is for every son and daughter that He has created, and He wants to see them in relationship with Him. More than sometimes we want to go tell them. So therefore, if God is good, what's the flip side of that? The devil is bad. Now, this is a very basic one-on-one, and I'm not meaning to address you like you're dumb. Sometimes we are. But but if if God is good, then Satan, the devil, is bad. It's black and white. It's light and darkness. God comes to give you hope, to give you a future, and He has plans for your life beyond your wildest dreams. The enemy comes to steal and destroy. And if he can get you at a young age and wipe you out through drugs and a lifestyle that destroys and kills who you are inside, that tries to steal the very plans and the intentions what the Father has for you before you ever get into a relationship with him, then he'll try and do that. But God has a greater plan. God is bigger and God is good. And he will purposely come across your pathway and you'll get some guy sitting down beside you in a restaurant, in a coffee shop, who'll pick up your your bag that you've just dropped in Sainsbury's and out of that there'll just be this conversation that starts and before you know it, this guy's talking to you about a father who loves you and calling you into relationship with that father. And if you've never heard it before, there'll be something in you because eternity is placed in the hearts of men. It's built into us. It's the DNA that God has placed in every one of his designs. We're just lucky and fortunate that we've said yes already. And so we're further down the line in his kingdom. But there's still a host out there who he made and he wants to love. Just like he loves us. The bad news comes from the devil. Good news comes from God. Bad news is, he wants everybody to get sick. He wants everybody to have bad jobs, bad lives, bad marriages. Everything that can come and bring pressure on you in life. This is the design and the plan of the devil. Because bad marriages, sickness, heartache... It's not in heaven. It's here, but it's not in heaven. And that's where we're going. We're going to heaven because of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes? Yeah. So, devil is bad. We don't like him. But we love God because he first loved us.
Old Bart gets it right all the time. Psalm 119, verse 68. You are good, and what you do is good. There's two basic facts within that scripture. Fact one is, you are good. Fact one. And what you do is good. Fact two. That doesn't change. And I'm speaking about God the Father. Hebrews 13, verse 8. We've spoken this already, but Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. That's unshakable. That is Bible 101 and will never be altered. Amen? That's why we can stand firm on the Word of God. Because knowing who you are and standing upon the Word of Truth, you have strength in you that is you know, you'll be the David, the little guy who goes out to meet the Goliath, the giant. But because you know who you are, you won't need the king's armor. You'll need what you know how best to use. A sling and five stones. What you were trained in. And then you go out and you'll take that giant down. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The giant's in the world. Let's take a few giants down. Let's do some damage in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of darkness, for our kingdom, that raises the profile of our God. If God does everything good, and Genesis 1.31 speaks about, God saw all that he made, the earth and man, and he saw that it was very good. So I want you to declare over yourself, as a creation of God, just repeat after me, You made a good thing, God. Now turn to your neighbor and say, That's questionable. Only joking. (laughs) You'll get a slap for doing that one, and I will get lots of slaps afterwards. (laughs) No, we're all made in the image of God. God's a good God. He's kind. He's merciful. And he demonstrates the fact that he's in a good mood. How does God demonstrate the fact that he's in a good mood? Hands up those in the room that have been healed. Take a look around. Put your hands right up. At some point in your life you've experienced healing from God. Look at that. Thank you. That's the sign that your God loves you. How else does he love you? Well, prophetic. If God's a God that knows you intimately, even more than you know yourself, then he'll send the messenger to tell you about you and about what's going to happen in your life. He'll tell you things, not the bad things. He'll not come to you and say, Hey, Paul, I seen that last night. You had a secret fag out behind the shed. That's not God. God's not in the business of publicly exposing Paul because of something he's doing wrong in his life. No, what God will do, well, God will come to Paul and say, Hey, Paul, you're a mighty man, and the things that are upon your life are going to just get washed away, and you're going to walk into a newness and a season of great joy and freedom like you've never experienced before. 
Do you see the difference in speaking negativity over Paul? Paul already knows he had a fag behind the shed last night. I'm only joking, by the way, not saying he did. But he knows that. He doesn't need to be told that. But he needs his, fa- his Father in heaven to come and call out the good in him and call him into a journey. Jake! Thus saith the Lord, go get your word. <laughs> Paul, do you want to come up a little minute and sit beside Christina? That's a word from the Lord. <laughs> so healing and prophetic are two ways that God gives us an ability to express the love of the Father to others who don't yet know Him. I mean, when we do streets and we go out there and, and people come with sickness and illness and we'll sit them down, we'll hear what it is that's wrong with them. And then we'll, one of the first things we'll do is we'll turn around and say, Father, would you come and just show your love to the name of the person that's just sat there? Because we want them to experience His presence. The presence that brings healing, that brings peace, that passes all of our understanding. We want that person to be linked and connected with the Heavenly Father like they've never thought was possible. And he comes. And he loves upon them. But our problem is, what if I say that and he doesn't come? Stop it. Just do it. If you step out of the boat, you may flounder a little bit, but you said yes and you've done it. God sees your yes and he'll come in and he'll raise you up and he'll carry you through. He never fails you. Because he sees the yes in your heart. Paul and Christina, I want to ping you with, with those two bracelets because they, they stay on them, stand up to dream. And I felt earlier that the Lord was saying that you two, because of your heart to say yes and coming to the UK as missionaries, I just honor you today for your hearts. Such a move. Many a person would have thought, no, it's more easier to stay in my nation and to just do life and just be, be okay. But you two sacrifice, and this is your time, this is your season. You came here at a season when God's bringing revival back to the UK, when he's coming with a move of God that your heart cries after. And I just bless you guys to see more than what you've seen already and an increase of the presence to come upon you. Yeah, amen. Peter, Peter said this morning, Peter, Peter had me in tears this morning. I'm sorry, I'm going off on a bunny trail. Peter had me in tears this morning. Oh, so Peter had me in tears. Phil had me in tears. Phil was talking about the community here, the post-green community, and Jean Darnell, and the words that she spoke. And my heart carries revival. I carry it, and I dream of it. Uh, and in 2008, the Lord said, spoke to me very clearly. He says, take stadium. And uh, he's talking about AFC Bournemouth. And uh, I know that someday we as churches here in the South Coast are going to fill that stadium, not for worship, not for, for just a Jesus meeting, for harvest. He said it's for harvest. It's for tens of thousands to come into the kingdom of God by the floods. And we are going to see that here because, you know why? It's his dream. All he did was let me know about it. But it's his dream, and he will do it in his timing. But all we do is pray and call it in. 
Because what he said to me after speaking about the stadium was, he said very clearly, even clearer than saying take the stadium, but it was almost like this audible voice right deep in my chest, and he said, if you call, I will come. The problem is, we're not calling. And church, we need to start declaring and calling in what God has, has desired to see happen in this area. Because there's a harvest right in front of us everywhere we go. We need to be people of lifestyle, like Peter was talking about, where our lifestyle is we live Jesus every day, and we live it with the sole intent that every morning our eyes open, we're saying, Father, who do you want to, uh, to link me with? Who do you want me to talk to today? Who do you want me to pray for, see healed, and then win them to your, to, into your kingdom? That's my desire. I live every day because I love his presence, I love what he is, and I want more. You cannot be satisfied. Isaiah 55, Sharon was speaking about that. And come to the waters, all those, all those who are thirsty. I'm so thirsty, but I love the very start of that verse where he goes, Ho! And sometimes we just need to do a ho! Because it's not spiritual Tourette's. But some of us could do with that. <laughs> because it brings freedom. Sometimes you've got to do something that actually... It's like the, the shock in the heart when they put the defibrillators on you and they go, Doom! and you go, oh. Sometimes we need things in our life to shake us, jolt us, and move us into a reality of who we really are in God. Do you know that you're a son and a daughter of the living God? Now, take this to the wildest extreme of impossibility. If Jesus died and God died, you're next in line. Now that will never happen, but that's what he's telling you. You are an heir with him to the throne of heaven. And all he does is he says, what I've given you inside, I want you to learn how it is to get it out. Activate. Activate. You've got to get it out there. You've got to get in front of people and tell them. Now, I'm not talking about street preaching, you know, turn or burn, you're going to hell, because those things don't... They, they have caused fruit, but not the fruit that the Jesus wants, because his heart is for love. First and foremost, he wants to love people and call them into a better way of life, into relationship, into intimacy with Him, the Father. And I know myself, I had years of, of where I was frustrated. I was the guy that got hurt in church. I was, I was through Bible college. I was going to China with Sharon, and that was it. Two years Bible college, three years Bible college, and we're going to China. And then God came and said, no, he ended up sending us back to the very place we never ever wanted to go. And that was back into Northern Ireland. 
and he sent us back in to uh, an estate called Ballysally in Coleraine, Revival Town, the 1859 Revival. I'm an heir of that. Uh, my grand great-grandparents would have been in that, and uh, just amazing stuff happened. Uh, and I think that's probably why I'm so fired about revival, because I've read enough about it, I know enough about it, but you know what? I want to be revival for the next person. I'm no interest in... in, in and I've gone to, to Wales, I've gone all these different places like, like Phil, but you know what? I want to seek God for, for Him, for me. Because I'm not Smith Wigglesworth. I'm not Benny Hinn. I am me. I'm a servant of the Most High God. And I want just to have that connection with the Father that when He says, go do this, I hear Him and I follow. That's all He requires of me. And out of that will flow whatever He does with my life. All I've got to do is say yes. And you know that word I gave earlier about being on the washing line? And sometimes you've actually had that, that disappointment hit your life throughout and thinking, will this ever come if someone prophesies over me again that this is your day. You were born for this. I swear I'll slap them. And, you, and sometimes you get so frustrated that, you, that that bitterness begins to eat in your heart and you just think, God! And you, you, you don't even know how to express yourself because you're just thinking, I've heard this all before. And you know what the Father's saying? The Father's saying today, this is your day where you've got to re-look at some of them things. And some of the things you've added onto your life, you need to get rid of. Maybe it's been your house. Maybe it's your money. And the Father says, time to get... <laughs> time to get rid of stuff that actually you've taken on board. It was never His plan for you. And the Father says, you need to go back, revisit, and lighten up. If it's not what he desires the best for you, get rid of it. Sell it. Do whatever he instructs you. But all he's saying, say yes in your heart to me. And I, follow my ways and let me be your God. Let me lead you. I know what's best for you. Well, let's get back to the word. <laughs> so, so, Matthew four twenty three, Jesus preached the good news of the kingdom and healed every disease, sickness among the people. So we were speaking about prophetic and healing, how that's two ways that God can to interact through us into someone's life who would never set foot in this building, would never come to church. Because their concept of church is people that are staid, stodgy, lost their ability to have fun. <laughs> they don't know us, do they? <laughs> but uh, until we get to the point where we get out there and we tell them, hey, you want to look at this Jesus? Let me show him to you. Here, let me introduce you to him. And you, you lay hands on him, and because of who you carry, there's this impartation that comes. You get to give away. You don't have to give Jesus away. You can stay nice and comfortable the rest of your days. Go to church every Sunday, put a bit of tithe in the basket every now and again, and, and just say, hey, praise Jesus, love God, he's good for me. But you never have to get out and do anything because you make a choice. But if you say yes and my choice is, I want what's in me to bubble up, come out and leak onto other people. Well then that means that at some point I'm going to have to get out of the boat. I'm going to have to get wet. And I'm going to have to go out there and do some exploits for my king. <laughs> I 
I'm not hearing you laughing. <laughs> Joy should be in your heart now because you are who you are. You are powerful. You are royalty. You are who God has right now to use. May not be great, but we're the best He has right now. And you know what? He uses the foolish things to confound the wise. So don't knock yourself. Don't put yourself down. God never will. God, when you say yes, will take you up and put you upon His plane. Will you begin to see it from His eyes and you begin to see in the people's lives. How many have walked down a high street and you're literally walking down through and you're minding your own business and you just go. And my eyes have just connected with this guy here. And at two second or a second glance, my eyes have connected with this guy's eyes. And, and then God, you walk on down through and you're, you're going about your day and says, God says, hey, that guy, go back. Oh God, I've got to get to uh, Sainsbury's here. I've got two loaves and a couple of fish to get. And the father's saying, no, 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 go back. And you say, no God, come on, uh, I'm busy. I haven't got time for this today. And the father's saying, no, go back. Well, why would I go back, God? He says, go back and tell him I love him. What? Are you joking me? Are you going to get me to embarrass myself and just say, hey, I don't know, what's your name? Chris. Jesus loves you, Chris. And I may get something else. And I may not. But what is the stepping over the line? What is it getting the leg out over the side of the boat? It was the, yes, okay, God, I'll do what you're asking. And if God gives me more for Chris, then I'll release more for Chris. But sometimes we've got to start or open our mouth and then allow God to come and fill and, and use us. Because in, in that... Uh, Excuse me. Sorry, my good friend and long life ministry companion just reminded me of something. <laughs> uh, yeah, all he wants is us to step out and, and say yes and then see what happens. A few weeks ago, we were March 15th, we were going up to Southampton for a meeting with uh, the Bridge Fellowship, uh, and we were on our way there, and we, we were early, and we had Matt and AJ with us, and thought, let's go to the Santa's Lounge and have a cup of coffee and a bowl of chips, which is good food for before you get the food uh, of the Spirit. So we thought we'd go and nourish the physical before we actually went into the meeting. And there we are sitting in this, this coffee shop. And I go up to order the, the food. And I get up to the, the young girl who's serving behind the counter. And I'm, I'm just there and she's taking the order. And, and she says, oh, that'll be uh, £16.40 or something like that. And I says, whoa, thank God it wasn't, wasn't £164.40. And she laughs and says, oh, no, I wouldn't think so. She only rings in the till, asks for my card, and says, there you go, sir, check that and put in your card number. And I look at the docket, <laughs> and it had come in at £164,400. <laughs> and I said, I was joking with you, look, that'll decline, I'm not even going to put my number in that. But, but 
that started a, a rapport with this young girl. And uh, she said, yeah, I don't even know how that happened. I put in £16.40. It would, I said, well, it's obviously jumped a couple of decimal points. <laughs> so anyway, she comes back down to the table. And she's there. I need to keep my eye on my time. Uh, she's there. We doing all right for time? Yeah. But, yeah. So anyway, uh, this young girl comes down to serve the table. And uh, she said, hey, I'm only here. This is my second day. Uh, here's the coffees. Can you, can you do me a favor? I'll come back in a few minutes and tell me what you think about this. So we thought, she's talking about coffee here, but she just asked us to tell us what we think. So we said, hey, Jesus, how about this? How about we tell this young girl what it is you want to tell her? So the guys are, are we're just praying and saying, come on, God, what it is. And the next thing, she comes back to the table, and she's carrying one of these big church candles lit to put in the center of the table. And I thought, wow, this is just getting better by the minute, God. Here she's coming with the light to our table, asking us, what do we think about her? And so we just begin to, to tell her, we begin to prophesy over her life and tell her what the Father thinks of her. And you know what? She turned around and said, I've been going in and out of churches this past number of weeks just to light candles and trying to, how do, how do I, you know, candles just ain't doing it for me. There must be more. So we said, yeah, there is. So she actually literally finished her shift and she came over to the table and said, would you mind, I know you're having something to eat, but would you guys mind if I sat and talked to you? You've intrigued me what you spoke about my life. And I want to ask you a couple of questions. So she asked her questions, and we turned around and said, would you like to get to know this God? Do you know that you can know him 24-7? And you don't have to light a candle for him to speak to you. And she says, really? And Sharon just said, would you like to ask Jesus? to be your savior right now and she said yes how, how do we do this she's asking how do we do this she was hungry and she wanted it and so that's how easy it is but it's just listening and watching what's going on around you because you operate not in a natural realm but because of Jesus Christ and the spirit of the living God in you you have stepped over a line and you now operate in a search search yeah search and rescue but in a supernatural zone you're no longer natural. You stopped to be a natural person when Jesus Christ came into your life. You can no longer be natural. All we can do is feed the supernatural and see what God does with our lives. Amen? Acts 8, 7-8 Many paralytics and cripples were healed, so there was great joy in the city. How many of you love a bit of joy? Turn to the person next to you and laugh. <laughs> oh, come on. You can do better than that. <laughs> how, how many people have ever come across a happy, depressed person? Because if you're depressed, you're not going around. <laughs> oh, I've had such a... Oh, <laughs> I've had such a bad day. Oh, man. It got worse after breakfast. <laughs> and it just got worse all day long. <laughs> now, I've never come across that, and I don't think you have either. But you know what? God is joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. He has given it to us to be a strength to us. Why? Because 
we get to release it into other people's lives. So you're a joy carrier of the utmost to affect the innermost, which then outworks to the outermost. Wow, did I just say that? It's gone. <laughs> so we are, we are joy carriers, and that's why Jesus, there's so much about him that's joy. Uh, because we are an expression of him. In Psalm 30, 34, verse 8, Taste and see that the Lord is good. So if you want someone to come and know Jesus, ask them to taste and see that the Lord is good. Because when you taste something that's good, if you take a nice chunk of pineapple fresh off the tree, and you, you and that just gets your taste buds all going, I guarantee you, you'll want to try it again. Or you'll long for the next time I can have a ice cream or whatever it is that really takes your fancy. But it's good that you taste things and that you like what you taste and you want more. Psalm 126, 1 to 3. I'm going to read this to you because this is, this is good. Verse 1. When the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion. We were like those who dreamed. How many people know what it's been like to be in a captive place? And you long to dream. And God has dreams to release to you in the midnight hours. He's got times when He wants to waken you up at 3 o'clock in the morning and speak to you. And if you wake and just don't fight it off, think, no, it's time to get back to sleep. Stop it, God. This is my rest time. You don't interrupt this. Learn, listen, and pursue him because he's got stuff to share with you. Don't ask me why he chooses the midnight hours, but most of the time he does. And then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with the joyful shouting. And they said among the nations, Declaration, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. When God comes and takes you from a place of captivity and brings you into freedom, you are loving it to bits. And you just want the more. And He wants to give the more. Because He is a, a good God. All of the time. Matthew 10, 7 and 8. Preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy and drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Now there's a commission if you ever heard one. Who's coming down the morgue? Uh, who's prayed for a, a dead bird? you got to start somewhere in practice. I don't suggest we all hit the morgue straight away and just because I think it will freak them out. But you know, the day's coming uh, when we're going to get called on as church to go into those situations where relatives require much more than a physician can do. And they'll want to encounter the God of heaven that we carry. Because they'll have heard stories about what happens with believing believers. 
What we carry is special. What we get to give away is even more special. And we get to change destinies, change lives. Bring people into encounter with a God that lives and is really alive today. And we're going to encounter him more and more. Amen? Are you excited? Come on! This is good stuff. I spent years... Well, no, not really. But, <laughs> but this has been around for centuries. The only problem is the church has got lulled into a sleepy mode and God's saying, wakey, wakey. It's coming time to, to break out, kick down the doors and get outside of the church because the church is not designed to be a, a place to hold the believers in. It's a place of testimony. And what is testimony? Testimony is when you, go out, when you get out during the week in the coffee shop in Sainsbury's and you get to minister to someone and you bring them back to church on Sunday. Church is where they get to tell their story of God encountering them in their lives. It's a testimony. And what does testimony do? It releases others to think, hey, if I put my foot out over this boat, I may get to do this too. And you begin to realize, I'm not the only one on the boat that wants to get out. They've done it. And if they've done it, well, why can't I? You can. Because the same Holy Spirit that's in me is in you. There's no difference. Well, maybe the fact that I'm not chicken-hearted. <laughs> There's a challenge for you. Are you chicken-hearted? Two, three people aren't? Come on, are you chicken-hearted? Are you carrying authority of the kingdom of heaven? Yes. Are you called to do exploits? Yes. Come on, I'm hearing about four people. Are you called to do exploits for your God? Yes, that's more like it. Do you want to see the sick get well? Do you want to see a dead person raised? Do you want to see a nation changed in a day? Yes. Where do we start? Right here today. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You start where you start. And it grows and it gathers momentum. But unless you start, nothing moves. The Bible says that the gifts follow those who believe. If you're not moving, then what, what's got to follow you? But if you're in a place where you're moving and pursuing your God, then that says, come on. I'm moving and I'm calling heaven right here to invade this now. Invade who I am, invade where I am, and invade the people that I mix with every day. Your impact in your workplace is going to change. You've had no impact. I'm prophesying over you today. Watch your work because it's about to change. Your place to work is no longer just as a means to making money. Now God's going to start stirring you up and bringing you into encounter with people who are at your work. What if you walked in tomorrow morning and, and Sally was there and Sally's like... And you go, hey, what happened to you, Sally? Oh, sorry, that's not Sally. This is Sally. What happened to you, Sally? And Sally tells you this story about how she tripped over the cat the weekend. And she's, she's done her sciatic nerve in and she's in pain, but she had to come to work because she's still got to earn money. And, and you got, God said, come on. And you go, no, no, come on. You're so serious. He said, come on. 
and you hear that prompting of the Spirit of God in you, and it's almost the, the same that, you know, when your heart's pounding you when you wanted to get saved, and you're thinking, oh, I don't want to embarrass myself, God. Nobody in here knows I'm a believer. Whoop-de-doo! They're just about to. Because God's going to keep prompting you to say, Hey, Sally, look, you know, I've seen God do things before, and I'd love, would you mind if I, I prayed for you? And Sally's going to say, well, well, what, now? Yes, right now. Well, well, how long is that going to take? A few minutes. A minute. Just let me pray for you. Right here, right now. And Sally's going to turn around and say, Yeah, I'm in pain. Because you're going to say to her, What have you got to lose? What has she got to lose? If God comes and heals her, she's won. If there's no change... But you're stepping out of the boat and you're giving Sally an opportunity to be introduced to God. Sally will get healed because God's going to show up and change the atmosphere in your workplace because he wants an opportunity to come through the door and all he needs is someone with a yes in their heart inside your workplace that says, come on Jesus, let's do some damage to the kingdom of darkness and let's change atmospheres, shift and pray for your word that God prospers your boss and that they get to encounter this great God that we know. Romans 2 verse 4 it's, the, it's his kindness that leads to repentance. So we got one last the very last one Phil, thanks. I want us to stand and I want us to read this out as a declaration over our lives just as we finish so here we go God wants us to have an encounter so that we become an encounter so that others can have an encounter can you say amen to that can you say yes Jesus I want that right so, Father, we just bless everyone that's standing right now. Everyone who's said yes. We say, Lord, let the encounters begin. Come fill, Lord. Let us overflow. Let us begin the journey of we get to do the things that you called us to do. We don't have to, but we get to. And we just love you, Lord, that you are a great God, that you love us so much, that you, you love the world even while we were yet sinners you loved us and you always love so Father we love you and we say Lord come with the biggest expression of your heart over this area of England invade it Lord like we have never had an invasion before books that have never been written about it before stories that have never been told about you before Father we're asking you Lord for the fresh invasion of your Holy Spirit that your eyes turn from heaven and look upon this area of the UK and you come with a holy invasion and you come into your church like a mighty Russian wind that you come with the oil and the fire and the wind of your spirit and you create havoc, Lord, that shifts us out of complacency and hearts that have got sore and sick and tired and gets us excited again with the glory and what it is to walk in the revelation and hearing the voice of you, our God. So, Father, we're asking you, Lord, to come with like a mighty rushing wind and invade us, invade our hearts, set us free, 
cut the ropes of disappointment and the anchors that hold us back and let us go adrift with you, Father, and let your wind blow us to wherever you would have us going and position us wherever you would have us positioned. But come, Lord, do it. We're saying yes to you today, Lord. And everyone is standing. If you say yes in your heart, say yes. So the Father turns his eyes, because the end of number six, you speak, Lord, about when, when we call on your name, you turn and you look. And your gaze comes upon your people. So we're asking you here, Father, on the south coast of England, to mark this day where we stand together, united, and say, Come, Jesus, come. Invade us, invade our area, and set us free from our past mindsets that we stand upon the Word of God with truth, with authority, and the power to go out and do exploits for you, our King. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Bless you all. Have a great evening. And Heather's coming on shortly. Are you? Yes. <laughs> Caffeine break. <laughs> But talk to one another. Get to know one another. And if you've never prophesied before, get a couple of people around you and tell them to pray for you and to energize you and and, and just go for it. Practice.